Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Good evening, my brothers and sisters. This is Chaplain Kevin Graves here on Kingdom Empowerment Radio Incorporated. It is a pleasure being with you again. And uh, normally, I should also say I'm with you every second and fourth Monday of each month. Today is uh, Tuesday, September 25th. Um, Unfortunately, I was unable to be with you yesterday due to some uh, prior engagements. But nevertheless, it is a pleasure being with you always, regardless of the day of the week. And I'm glad that uh, you are able to uh, tune in. For those first-time listeners, God bless you. Thank you for uh, joining me on Kingdom Empowerment Radio this day. Uh, You're going to be blessed uh, by the message uh, that is coming forth today. Uh, I also want to say thank you very much. I also believe uh, before beginning segments, giving, uh, giving honor to whom honor is due. Uh, thank you, Dr. Ganey, uh, for allowing me to uh, be a part of Kingdom Empowerment Radio and to be a part of this movement uh, uh, that God is doing in the earth. And also thank you, Mr. Ganey, as well. Uh, Dr. Sonny Bomo, thank you, my brother. It's always a pleasure uh, partnering with you all. Uh, uh, in this uh, mission, if you will, to uh, teach and to preach and to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is always a blessing. Here on Kingdom Empowerment Radio, it is our mission, it is our, our uh, commission, if you will, uh, to equip, to empower believers to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is our sole purpose here. It is not to indoctrinate people. It is to bring the truth. It is is our responsibility because uh, there are many uh, uh, doctrines out there. 
it doesn't necessarily mean that the true doctrine, the, the, uh, the doctrine of God, the doctrine of Jesus Christ is being taught. So it is our responsibility to bring to you the unadulterated truth, a truth that has not been watered down by lies and indoctrination and, and rituals and traditions. It is a truth that comes from heaven. It comes from the throne of God. It comes from the kingdom of God. And that is our responsibility as believers, is to bring forth this truth, to bring forth the spirit of God, and to equip, empower those to go out and to do what Jesus has told us to do, and that's to go out and to preach the gospel. And in so doing, he would endue us with power, the power of the Holy Ghost, to heal the sick, to cast out demons, and to be a demonstration of Jesus Christ in the earth. I'm not saying we are Jesus. We're not. But he lives in us. It is the power of God. It is the spirit of God. It is the spirit of Christ that gives us the authority and gives us the power to move forward and to bring about demonstration through healing the sick and casting out demons in Jesus' name. So, uh, without further ado, uh, I would like to uh, give you tonight's topic. It's a very interesting topic. Tonight's topic is understanding the favor of God. Again, tonight's topic is understanding the favor of God. And for those individuals who want to call in, I would like to leave uh, our call-in number with you as well. I can be uh, contacted at 646 Six six eight two four one three. That is our contact information here at Kingdom Empowerment Radio. Once again, six four six 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 eight two four one three. Tonight's topic: understanding the favor of God. When we think of the favor of God, uh, well, I guess I'll word it this way: uh, when I think of the favor of God. I think of the favor of God as something that I don't deserve. I think, it is, I think of it as something that I have not earned. It's not something that I have worked for. It is something that he has freely given to us. And if that sounds a lot like grace, you are correct. And I will also say that when we think of favor and grace, they're synonymous. They're, they're connected to one another. And to give you an example of what I'm saying, uh, and for those who, uh, and I always say that for those who join uh, our program here on Kingdom Empowerment Radio, please have a pen and paper because uh, there's information here that you can use going forward and certainly information that will help you and encourage you. Uh, when we think of the favor of God, when we think of favor, favor is to gain approval or acceptance. So when we think of favor, we're trying to gain something. We're trying to gain approval or acceptance. But when, the, but when we're talking about the favor of God, we're talking about how God sees his children. How does he see his sons and daughters? And it is something that is poured out. When we think of favor, if favor in, and at times I've even heard people say that favor is not fair. There may be doors that have opened for you supernaturally that uh, in the natural you may even say that I don't deserve. You may have recently been hired for a job that you in your own mind are not qualified for. Why? Because you don't have the education. You don't have the experience. But God in his infinite wisdom in his infinite ways, he opens up supernatural doors when we, when we think that there's no way that this door should open for us. And that is where the separation of the mind of God is and also where the mind of man is. As human beings, we are finite in our thinking, meaning that we are limited. So as the scripture says, as I just read, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. 
So you may say, well, look, there's no way that I should receive this type of a blessing. There's no way that I should receive this kind of an outpouring because I have not earned it. I, 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 I don't speak well. I don't have the education. I'm, I, I'm not bringing much to the table. But God in his infinite wisdom and mercy is doing something in the earth. And we just have to say, Lord, I don't know what you're doing. I thank you for opening this door. But all I ask from you is that you now prepare my mind, that you now prepare my tongue, that, Lord, you give me the words because you have, you have allowed for this thing to happen. And I just ask that you would empower me, that you would give me the wisdom, that you would give me the words, that you would give me the, 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 the intellect to be able to perform this assignment. And this is how we have to talk to God. Now, we have to come to him boldly. We have to come to him with reverence, and we have to come to him boldly and say, Lord, um, I am here for a reason. I am in the earth for a reason. I am in this position for a reason. And that reason is to, is to glorify your name and to be an example in the earth and to demonstrate the power and the glory of God in the earth. That is our purpose. And it is my prayer my brothers and sisters, that we would begin to move according to the Spirit of God and not according to our own understanding. Heavenly Father, I, I decree and declare that any weapon of sabotage against what you're trying to do, sabotage in our thinking, sabotage in what you have uh, uh, blessed us with, Lord, it is my prayer that, Lord Jesus, you would destroy and dismantle every assignment of Satan and his angels to bring about inadequacy, low self-esteem, uh, 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 depression, suicide, inadequacy. Lord, it is my prayer that, Lord, you would bring your sons and daughters to a higher level of understanding in you. It is my prayer that, Lord, you would raise up an army, a remnant after your own name, who, who are not afraid to go into the highways and the hedges to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is my prayer that, Lord, you will begin to open supernatural doors when in our natural mind these doors should remain closed. Lord, it is not, hallelujah, it is not by might, it is not by power, but it is by your spirit, saith the Lord. And Lord, transform our thinking, transform our mind, transform our heart into a place from, from carnality, from, from merely scratching the surface of our own understanding, but bringing us higher and deeper into the spiritual things of God. It is, my, it is my prayer that you would begin to open our eyes, open our spiritual eyes and ears to what you're doing in the earth in this time, and thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, my brothers and sisters, it is important, it is important that we begin to transform our thinking that we begin to acknowledge that, Lord, you are moving in the earth. You are using your sons and daughters. You are using your grace, your favor. And, and, and I thank God for that, that God would allow favor, not just divine favor, but tug at somebody's heartstrings who will even uh, look at us or look at our credentials. And they'll say, well, this person's resume isn't as attractive as this person's resume, but that person will have their heartstrings pulled on, tugged on, to the point so where they'll begin to say, mm, there's something about this. I don't know why I want to call this person in for a job interview. I don't know why I want to favor this person in such a way, but I don't know what it is, but you know what, I'm going to do it. So that is what we're talking about here when we talk about favor. Favor that, hallelujah, that even Joseph experienced in Pharaoh's house. The type of favor that fell on Mary. The type of favor that fell on David. The type of favor that even fell on our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When, the, hallelujah, when the Spirit of God descended, hallelujah, as a dove upon Jesus, and, and, and hallelujah, and a voice came from heaven saying that this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. It is that kind of favor. It is that kind of, mm, it, it, it's, a, it's a divine stamp upon the men and women of God saying that this is the one. Hallelujah. Even when, even when David, hallelujah, was working in the fields and, 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 and the sons of Jesse 
were brought before the prophet Samuel, and 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 all of his sons, all seven sons, were brought brought before him, and those were not the sons; those were not the the the, the individuals that God had had chosen. But the one that God chose was not there. He was working in the fields. He was laboring in the fields. And it, Lord, hallelujah! It is these people. It is these people who even individuals, family members, have looked past and say, no, it can't be this one. It has to be these. But it is God in his infinite wisdom and mercy who is calling a people who we look at and say, there's no way that God would ordain and anoint such an individual. But we must, and I say, I implore you, to get beyond our own understanding and get to where God is. And we begin to understand that, Lord, you have set aside a peculiar people, people who, when we look at them, they're ordinary. We're saying, Lord, you're going to use this man. You're going to use this woman for your glory. But they don't have the credentials. They're working, in, they're working tending sheep. And they smell bad. They look bad. You mean to tell me you can use someone like that? Well, I'm here to tell you today, my brothers and sisters, that God can use you. You may have even people within your own church that are looking past you. The anointing of God is on your life, but, but, but people are not seeing it. And if they are seeing it, they're looking past it. They're saying, yeah, God has anointed them, but I'm not going to use them. There are many people within the body of Christ who are now sitting down and shouldn't be sitting down. The favor of God is on your life. The anointing of God is on your life. But there are people who are around you who are jealous of you. They're jealous of that favor. They're jealous of the anointing. And they're saying, no, why this particular individual? Why them? Why then? Why not me? And that is a danger in the house of God. And it's also a danger when you have leaders doing it, when you have leaders who know that there are men and women of God who have been called for a specific assignment, and they know it's their season to move forward, but those leaders are, are arresting these men and women of God, and they're not allowing them to move forward. They're suppressing what God is trying to do. And they see the demonstration that these leaders see the power of God operating in and through these individuals, but they want to suppress. They want to keep them in bondage. They want to keep them there because they fulfill a particular purpose in that ministry. And I'm here to say in the name of Jesus Christ that I come against any assignment to suppress what God is doing, whether you flow in a pastoral office, whether you're a pastor, whether you're a prophet, whether you're an evangelist, whether you're a teacher, whether you're an apostle, I am here to say today, do not allow for anyone or any circumstance to suppress the move of God. Jesus Christ himself has called his people as he did as he did in the times when he walked this earth, earth over 2,000 years ago, he gave a very pointed uh, commission, and he spoke to his disciples, and he gave them a word before he ascended. He said, he said, go, go and preach the gospel, and in so doing, you would be endued with power to cast out demons and to heal the sick, and in doing this, he would be with those disciples. He would, as he was with the disciples then, he is with us now. Why? The purpose of this, so that individuals, when they see the miracles, when they see people, when they hear people speaking into the lives of others prophetically, it's not by any familiar spirit that is in operation, but it is the spirit of God that is in operation. It is the Holy Ghost that, that, that is speaking. It is the Holy Ghost that is, that is working in and through this person to bring a word of encouragement, to bring a word of hope. It, this is not done by sorcery. This is not done by witchcraft. This is not done by Ouija board or, or any other type of uh, demonic spirit. But this is done strictly by the power of the Holy Ghost. And it is by the power of the Holy Ghost that we have the authority and power to be able to perform and demonstrate the acts of God in the earth. So, my brothers and sisters, it is very, very important 
that we understand these things, that we understand that favor, it comes with pain. Favor is going to come with hatred. Favor is going to come with ridicule. Favor is going to come even with persecution. Dare I say, yes, even Joseph, Joseph, hallelujah, as a, as a youth, mind you, as a 17-year-old, released the word, hallelujah, and his brothers, his brothers, he said, oh, here comes this dreamer again. And his brothers became very jealous of him. Why? Because of the anointing that was on his life. And they threw him in a pit and they sold him to the Ishmaelites. Okay? But it's amazing. It's amazing how that hatred, which was in Joseph's brothers, how that hatred, in essence, saved their own lives. Now, I don't condone hatred, but it is because of their act of throwing him in the pit and selling him to the Ishmaelites that actually, in the end, saved their life because all of this led to Joseph being highly favored in Pharaoh's house. And because of that, when the famine came and famine came and hit the land, it is, and, and of course they needed provision, and when they went into Egypt to receive the provision, it was the favor that, that Joseph had that opened up a door for his family to live. So it's amazing what man used for evil, God then flipped and turned it around for good. Because if that did not happen, they would have starved. So we thank God for favor. We thank God for favor, divine favor, and also favor in the eyes of men. Now, when we think about favor and we examine it, as I said to you earlier, favor is, the, is, is to gain approval or acceptance. And when we examine this in the Greek, the Greek word for favor is charis or charis, C-H-A-R-I-S, which simply means it's, it's a, a, a graciousness. It's to, uh, acceptability or pleasure. Graciousness, acceptable, or pleasure. In the Hebrew, chin, C-H-E-N, the word means grace or acceptance, grace or acceptance. So, so my point here is that you're seeing the connection, connection between favor and grace. There is a connection. They are synonymous with each other. And the interesting thing uh, might I also say regarding favor, particularly when it comes to uh, favor in the eyes of God and, 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 and understanding it, in order to understand favor, we must begin to really ask for understanding when it comes to the kingdom of God. In order for me not to limit favor to favor in the eyes of man, but when we think of divine favor, divine favor goes beyond our own understanding. Why do I say that? Because as I said earlier to you, favor isn't fair. Favor is beyond our comprehension. When we think of opportunities that, that have come our way, when we think of circumstances, even near-death situations, might, might I say, when you say to yourself, wow, you know, I, I, I should be dead right now based on this experience. But it is the, it is the divine hand of God. It is the favor of God that has sustained me, that has gotten me through this crisis, that has gotten me through this circumstance. It is through divine favor. It is divine favor that has, that has kept us, that has persevered, that has preserved us in such a way. So when we think of favor, favor is beyond human understanding. And might I also say, favor is contingent Upon repentance, I'm going to say that again. The favor of God is contingent upon repentance. And I'm going to take you to a scripture just to support this, this uh, argument that I'm saying. It's not an argument, but just to support what I'm saying. Go with me to the book of Leviticus. Leviticus, that will, again, expound 
on what I am saying here with regards to favor is contingent upon repentance. Leviticus chapter 1 reads, And the Lord called unto Moses and spake unto him out of the tabernacle of the congregation, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, If any man of you bring an offering unto the Lord, ye shall bring your offering of the cattle, even the herd and of the flock. If his offering be a burnt offering of the herd, let him offer a male without blemish, he shall offer it of his own voluntary will at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before the Lord, and he shall put his hand upon the head of the burnt offering, and it shall be accepted for him to make atonement for him. So there was a point in time when it came to atonement, blood atonement, and you can also read about that in uh, the book of Leviticus, when the Levitical law was given, there were certain guidelines that the Lord had Moses and Aaron perform before the children of Israel when it came to uh, uh, repentance and atonement. And we just finished a, uh, the holiday of Yom Kippur, which is a day of atonement. It is a day of fasting. It is a day of prayer. It is a day of reflection. And it is a day of, again, consecration to now enter into a new mindset, to enter into the presence of God. How do we do this? It comes where we must empty ourselves of the things and the filth and the garbage that we are inundated with on a daily basis. So much of it has become a part of us. So what the Lord requires in this particular case is he requires that there be an animal, okay, according to the scripture, that a burnt offering of the herd, let him offer a male without blemish. And when we think of that, it, see, this is when we, offer, when we bring an offering to God, when we bring something sacred and holy, we do not, it must come clean. It must come without spot. It must come without wrinkle or blemish. So when we give to God, we give the best. We do not give him our second or third. If we want our sins forgiven, we must come to him with a, with, in this particular case, with a animal without spot nor blemish. This is how it was done in the times of the Old Testament when it came to uh, uh, atonement. It was, it was the responsibility of the priests to bring, hallelujah, a, an animal without spot nor blemish to atone for himself <clears throat> and to atone for him and his house. <clears throat> Excuse me, losing my voice a little bit. I thank you very much uh, for <clears throat> listening to this segment. I am then going to go to, <clears throat> losing my voice a little bit, bear with me, Leviticus chapter 16, <clears throat> and the word of God reads, and the Lord spake unto Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron, when they offered, son, when they offered before the Lord and died, and the Lord said unto Moses, speak unto Aaron thy brother that he come not at all times <clears throat> into the holy place within the veil before the mercy seat, which is upon the ark, that he die not, for I will appear in the cloud upon the mercy seat. So when we examine the death of the sons of Aaron, it is very, very important that we do not bring strange fire before God. Because when we do this, we are now desecrating what God has made holy. So now he, has, he says, if you want to remain in right relationship with me, if you want to uh, uh, be able to, to, to move and see uh, the, the move of God, if you want to remain in right relationship with God, it is important, it is imperative that we begin to, number one, honor the things that God honors. That means we have to put on a new mind. That means we need a new heart. That means we need a new spirit. Because in order for God to move and to be in our presence, it is contingent on our relationship with him. 
A God who is holy cannot partner himself with unholiness. So he has given Moses and Aaron an edict, a message to give to the children of Israel. If you want my presence to dwell with you, then you must get your life in order. You must purge yourself of, of those practices. Before you knew me, you used to do certain things. You used to go certain places. You, were, you, 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 you did certain things that were not God-honoring. If you want my favor to remain in your presence, you must cleanse yourself. You must purge yourself of unrighteousness. You must purge yourself of self-righteousness. And this is what God has required, and this is the message that he gave Moses to give to Aaron, that there must be a transformation this is not religious. This is, not, this is more than just a ritual. God is saying, as he said in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 10, verse 16, he said, therefore circumcise the foreskin of your heart and be no more stiff-necked. So my brothers and sisters, if we want to remain under the cloud, and when I say cloud, I'm saying the presence of God. The cloud was a reference to the presence of God. It was a demonstration, as the Ark of the Covenant was, it is a demonstration of the presence of God. It is a demonstration that he is with them. And even Moses said it himself. When, when he says, when the Lord had given Moses a command, he says, go forth, go, go forth to that land that I promised your forefathers, that I promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I want you to go to this place, this, this place, this promise, this place of promise, this place of, uh, of, of milk, a land of milk and honey. That I want you to go to this place. Take the children of Israel with you. And in, and in doing this, that would, and of course, the Lord would make a way for them to do it. He would make a way, and he would begin to remove, remove certain people from those lands who would bring about a, a corruption because he did not want his people corrupted. So he would remove those people so his people would not be corrupted by their pagan practices. So he would make a way. He would prepare a way for his people. And again, that would be another demonstration that his power was with them. Now, Moses said something very interesting. He says, you're requiring me that I uh, uh, bring your people to a place, but Lord, I will not go unless you go with me. So that, and for Moses to say that, for the favor of God to remain, he says, Lord, you're going to have to go with me. I need your power. I need your demonstration. I need your favor. So Moses had a relationship with God. Moses understood, he had an understanding that he was not to do anything in his own strength, that he says, no, I need help. So therefore, Lord, I'm not going to move unless you go with me. And that is the mindset that Moses had. And this is the same mindset that my brothers and sisters, we need today. And it is approximately 4.34 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, I would like to, at this time, open up the phone lines for any questions or comments on tonight's topic regarding favor, understanding the favor of God. I would like to open up the phone lines at 4.34 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If there's anyone on the line who would like to uh, add, or perhaps there's someone on the line who's in need of prayer. Perhaps uh, there's someone uh, who would like to, uh, again, uh, uh, add to uh, the understanding, uh, understanding the favor of God. Uh, we would like to hear what you have to say. God bless you. <coughs> Call you on the air. Yes, uh, man of God, thank you so much for your work. Yes, yes. God bless you, man of God. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I... Just uh, enjoy what you've said so far, and uh, from what you just said, I just want to thank God for the favor we had in Him, because uh, when you look at from the beginning, the whole world was in a mess, right? Mm. Uh, so He then began to have favor in us, and within that, He sent His only begotten Son 
And that was just because of his love. You define the favor as caris, right? Which is uh, yeah. the love that he has for us today. So it yeah. is within that love uh, uh, concept that he had for the whole world, then he, he had mercy on us and, and, and it, it, it gave us the grace. He, he came uh, not only to uh, uh, give us that love, he came and he died, sacrificed himself, and he took all our sin according to the scripture and laid it to the cross. So based on that, mm. you and I, so I just want to thank God for what he did, and, I, and, and I'm just uh, on the line uh, enjoying what you are saying. Thank you, man of God. God bless you. Amen. Amen. God bless you, and thank you, man of God, for your, for, for your sharing. And uh, that's what really kingdom empowerment is about. It's about sharing. It's about uh, hearing all people, and, and even those who, who may not. Be saved. Those who may not know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. There may be some individuals who have an understanding of Christ but don't have a personal relationship with him. And, and that, that, that is what we emphasize here. And we emphasize, as the men of God were saying, the importance of the love of God. You know, John 3.16, which is a very uh, popular, a very uh, popular scripture, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And that, that everlasting life, and when we think about it, you know, you know there's many people who, who question uh, everlasting life. They question heaven. They question hell. But um, when you have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, when you have had something in your life happen to you that, that you know only only divine intervention could have saved you. Uh, you begin to look at your own existence. You begin to examine certain things. You begin to even question and say, you know, maybe I was wrong. Maybe there's something. Maybe there's something beyond my understanding. And I think for us, it's important. Uh, you know, as I was even sharing earlier, that we begin to demonstrate who Christ is. It's important that we live according to what we believe. It's more than just wearing a collar. It's more than just uh, glory and our titles. The world must see. They, they must see what we believe. And it's a lifestyle. You've heard it before. It's important. to say, I want to see Christ lived out in the individual you know, you can say eloquent words and, 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 and understand the Hebrew and the Greek, but it is very important that individuals, even those who, who don't know Christ, see a demonstration of his love, that we can sit down with all people, and we can sit down with individuals from all backgrounds and even faith, um, and, and, and talk and reason and let God be glorified in the midst of that. And... You know, with that said, I don't want to do too much talking. Um, I'm only on for one hour. It's now 4.39 p.m. If there's anyone else who's on the air uh, who wants to share uh, a word or, or a comment uh, on tonight's topic, understanding the favor of God, call it on the air. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Hey, God bless you, men of God. Uh, this is a really uh, interesting topic, understanding the favor of the Lord. And uh, one of the things that I want to say about it is that in order to understand the favor of God, you have to understand the mind of God and to know that the plans that he has for us and the thoughts he has to us, towards us are good and not of evil and to give us an expected end. And so once we understand the mind and the heart of God, and the love that he has towards us that we know attached to that is the favor of God. <clears throat> now, in order to access the favor of God is also to be able to have access into the, the invisible realm, which is the supernatural. Uh, so a lot of times God does have favor and unprecedented favor locked up for us. However, we are unable to access that favor uh, that he has uh, simply because 
we're not able uh, to tap into that invisible realm. And as a result of that, there are a lot of things that are held up for us, promises, uh, 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 things that God has endeavored for us to obtain. We're unable to get that because of our disconnection to God. And if we're disconnected to God, then we're going to be disconnected to the favor that he has concerning our life. Uh, And this could be favor naturally, spiritually, physically, and and many different aspects. Uh, But we have to be able to access God to be able to access that favor. And I do believe that this is the mind of God and the heart of God is to favor his people. Uh, I was just recently having this discussion with a few others as well, that there are a lot of blockages and hindrances, barricades, stagnations that are standing in uh, God's people's ways, way, and they're becoming frustrated spiritually because they're not seeing the favor of God that's promised to them in the word. Uh, but one of the things that we feel to do and uh, is to access the presence of God. And so there will be no favor without his presence. And I just wanted to kind of elaborate on that. So in order for us to have unprecedented favor, we have to be able to have his presence. Uh, that's all I wanted yeah. to share. Thank you so much for your time. God bless you. Well, God bless you. Thank you, woman of God. And, and, and yes, absolutely. Access. You use words uh, understanding the mind of God, uh, disconnection, access. And in many cases, this is a foreign language because our access is our church attendance. Um, when we're saying access is when we come together as a church body and we begin to pray. Um, we can access God that way, but outside the church walls, are we still accessing God? Uh, or is it merely limited to once or twice a week or maybe three times a week? Uh, God requires our access every day. I think there should not be a day that goes by that we are not requesting his presence. There should not be a day that goes by that, that we in some way are disconnected. Let me use this example. In, in a marriage relationship, uh, do, do you kiss your husband or your wife only once or twice throughout the course of the week? Uh, no, I don't think so. Whenever you, you come together, you see your wife, your husband, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, so you see them all throughout the week, and I'm sure there's, you, you're in their presence, and you're enjoying their presence, and you're embracing them, you're acknowledging them, you're having a conversation with them. So this relationship with God is the same way. It's no different. Um, we, we have to stop putting God in the closet, wanting the favor, wanting the blessing, but not really wanting the relationships. God, as I have said before in many other segments, he's not a genie. He, you do not, he is not a genie. And since you rub the lamp, you get three wishes. And when you're done, if you get your three wishes, he goes back in the lamp. He is not like that. And we need to stop treating him like he's some sort of a genie. It is a relationship. If you really want to go to the next level, if you really want to know who he is, if, you don't want, if you're tired of merely scratching at the surface, being on the outside looking in, then as the woman of God is saying, we have to break that disconnection. We have to say, Lord, I need you on Sunday. I need you on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I need you every day of my life. Even when I walk down the street, Lord, I'm giving you thanks. I'm acknowledging your greatness. I'm giving you honor. I'm giving you praise. And there should not be a day go by that in some way we are not giving thanks. We are not honoring God. And unfortunately, this is what we have become. In many cases, we have become Sunday morning worshipers or, or whenever you go to church. We are limiting, we are disconnected. We think we're connected, but we're disconnected because we're not seeking God in spirit and in truth, and we're satisfied, we're content with merely scratching the surface and doing the ritualistic things, the traditional things, and thinking that that's enough. So what 
Old Testament scripture has revealed to me, and what I also see even in New Testament, emphasizes the, the importance of relationship, emphasizes the importance of presence. And when God was in the presence of the children of Israel, things began to move. There was power in their presence. There was healing in their presence. There was a demonstration in, in the form of the Red Sea that was parted, and their enemies were drowned in the Red Sea. So the demonstration of what we're seeing here is that when God is with you, you have a powerful ally. And many of us know this, but a lot of us aren't really acting upon it. <laughs> And it's like we know, yes, when, when, the, when the Spirit of the Lord is with us, there is freedom, there is power, there is demonstration. But until we really begin to access, as the woman of God said, and thank you, woman of God, for your sharing, and thank you, man of God, as well, for your sharing. God is calling us to another level. He's calling us to another dimension, as, as the woman of God was saying. It's about going to another level in our understanding, another realm, if you will, in our understanding of the things of God. The Bible speaks of that. We've, we've seen biblical demonstrations of that. I have shared this with you before. In the book of Revelation, chapter 4, that's an example. As, as the book of Revelation reads, you know, the apostle John, after this I looked and behold, a door was opened in heaven and the first voice which I heard was as it were a trumpet talking with me, which said, come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. The word of God then reads, and immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone, and there was a rainbow round about the throne, in sight like unto an emerald. So the point is, is that when he went from one dimension, and the scripture says, and immediately I was in the spirit. So he transformed. He went from one dimension to another. As I have shared many times before, and I'm not here to lecture anyone, but God is saying, if you want to see me on another level, it's going to require you to go to another level. If you want to see me in another dimension, in another form, if you now want to receive deeper understanding of the things of God, we must go to another level. Oh, that requires work. That requires prayer. That requires fasting. That's labor. Many of us do not want to sacrifice. And I must say, I'm going to include myself in that. There were times when I was, I was too lazy to pray, too tired to pray. Oh, I had a long day. But not too tired to turn the television on. Not too tired, okay, to, 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 to listen to that radio station. Not too tired to even uh, 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 wondering what the score of the uh, baseball game was. But I have time for that. But don't have time to get into the presence of God so that I can hear his voice. Yes, you can hear him. Yes, you can hear him. Yes, he speaks to you. As the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob spoke to the children of Israel, as he spoke to Moses. He, the, the word of God says that God spoke to Moses as a friend, like a friend. Can you imagine God speaking to you like a friend, like we're having a conversation right now? Do you want that kind of relationship? Well, that is going to require us to go to another level. That, is a, that relationship is a deep-rooted and abiding relationship in the Almighty God. And that is what he requires. That is what he wants. Um, it is approximately 4.50 p.m. Uh, there's approximately 10 minutes left uh, in the program. I would like to, uh, any closing comments on tonight's uh, program? Uh, Caller, you're on the air. Closing comments or prayer requests? Caller, you're on the air. If not, then I'll just continue. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. 
I have, excuse me. I have a closing comment. Amen. Amen. And so my closing comment is this, is that I think the reason why also, why a lot of people have not received um, the favor of God um, that he intends for them is because of motives and intentions. Mm. And God sees the heart of men. And sometimes if our motives and intentions are not right, then the favor will become a curse. Mm, yes, yes. Uh, why do I say that? Because if God gives us favor with wrong motives, then that favor can be the very thing that we begin to idolize or that will pull us away from God. So sometimes God does not give us that heart, that, that, that house, that car, that, that husband, that wife, that church, the money. Because if I give you this favor without being processed, without knowing your heart and intention, and if it's not in divine alignment, I can't give you that favor because that favor that I have will be become the very thing that will become your downfall. And so favor has to be attached to good intentions in order for it to work. And... So oftentimes, God is also protecting us until we get our minds and our thoughts positioned in the right place. Then thereby, he's able to release that favor to us because we've gotten to a place of maturation where that favor would not be our God, but God will be the God of favor in which we give the glory to. And so that's what I wanted to share in closing. Amen. Thank you, woman of God. Yes, motives and intentions. Motives and intentions. Very, very important. Uh, any additional questions or comments on tonight's subject? Understanding the favor of God. If there's no additional questions or comments, I will, I will continue. Praise the Lord. Woman of God said something very interesting. Motives and intentions. Very, very important. Uh, uh, the scripture reads in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 33, uh, as many of you know, that it's important that we seek first. We serve a God of first. He loves first. We don't come to him with seconds or thirds. But he says, the scripture says, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ said, seek first the kingdom. What is the kingdom? The kingdom of God. That means everything that pertains to the kingdom of God, his presence, everything that he is, his righteousness, his ways, his thoughts. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added on to you. So the key here is that are we seeking the presence of God? Are we seeking the kingdom of God, as the woman of God said, for selfish gain? For motives. What are our motives when we are seeking first the kingdom of God? That's a very powerful point the woman of God spoke about. When we say we can quote the scripture very well. We can say, Oh, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So yes, Lord, I am seeking your kingdom to advance my own agenda. And this is where unfortunately we see the fall of many churches because they may be applying biblical principle, but they're applying biblical principle for a selfish agenda, for their own personal gain, and God will not honor that. Again, it is very, very important here that when we seek the kingdom, when we seek the mind of God, as the woman of God said earlier, when we're seeking the mind of God, when we're seeking access to the spirit realm, that means we have to put on a new nature. That means we have to seek his righteousness and not our own. It is very important, my brothers and my sisters, that if we're going to access this realm, this dimension that the woman of God was talking about, we need to be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. We have a responsibility. Many of us don't know what baptism of the Holy Spirit is really all about. 
We know that Jesus spoke about it, but in order for us to enter into this place, there must be a transformation. We read about it in the Old Testament. The Lord made it very clear, as I shared with you earlier in Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 16. The Holy Ghost must come upon us. And then what we see in the New Testament, the Spirit of God is all throughout Scripture. The Spirit of God was in the Old Testament, and the Spirit of the Lord is in the New. Now what we have is now that Jesus has ascended, we have now been blessed and favored with the presence of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's purpose is to bring forth teaching, is to bring forth guidance, is to bring forth transformation. What is the purpose of this? Because we cannot do this alone. We need a helper. We need guidance. We need instruction. And in case as when Jesus ascended, the Holy Ghost came upon the disciples so that they would not forget that which Jesus taught them. It is very important that even now, in the 21st century, that we, if we want to access the kingdom of God, if we want to remain in, in right relationship with him, if we want to, 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 to see the manifestation of the favor of God in the earth, if we want to see a move of God, if we want to see God operate and work through people, it is required. His, he requires his servants, he requires his sons and daughters to be in right relationship with him. So I'm here to tell you, in closing, that the favor of God is contingent upon you surrendering to his perfect will. It is contingent upon the transformation of the Holy Ghost. If you want a touch from God, if you want to see him move supernaturally, not just in your own life, but in the lives of others, then you must surrender to him now. I, I implore you now, lay down every worry, every struggle. Begin to war in the spirit against demons that are, that, that are afflicting you, that are harassing you, demons that attack you at night, demons that attack you in your dreams, demons that have attacked your destiny, demons that are attacking your finances, demons that are attacking your family. Begin to pray. Begin to fast. Begin to seek God on another level. Just don't be satisfied with just surface teaching, surface understanding. Oh, I've read the Bible a few times. I've studied the commentaries. Mm, yeah, but okay. But have you have you had a touch from God? Have you had a vision? Have you had a dream? Do you know what it's like to be baptized by the Holy Spirit? Have you gone deeper into the things of God? It is approximately. 4.58 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I am going to wrap up. There's two minutes uh, remaining in this program. Uh, my brothers and sisters, it has been a pleasure being with you again. Uh, feel free to email me uh, any additional questions or comments. It, it doesn't have to be about this particular topic. It could be about anything. Um, understanding the favor of God. I, I can be reached at Peter's and Peter. KW, my last name Graves, at gmail.com for any additional questions or comments, um, any prayer requests that uh, you may have, uh, feel free uh, to uh, send those requests, and I'll certainly um, keep your circumstance in prayer, maybe even contact you and pray for you personally. Uh, again, here on Kingdom Empowerment Radio, this is what we're about. It's about equipping people. It's about praying for people, empowering them. Empowering them not according to our own understanding, but empowering them according to the power of the Holy Spirit. This is a Holy Spirit-empowered ministry. We do not do anything according to our own will. We do not do anything according to our own understanding. It is the Holy Spirit that has given us the unction, that has given us the power that has given us the understanding that we are to move according to the spirit and the perfect will of God. It is his perfect will that we desire. It is not his permissive will. And here on Kingdom Empowerment Radio, that is the message. That is the mission statement. 
And in closing, I'd like to thank Dr. Ganny once again for allowing me to be a part of Kingdom Empowerment Radio. Thank you, Mr. Ganny, for allowing me to be a part of Kingdom Empowerment Radio. This is your host, and thank you once again, man of God, Dr. Sonny Ogbomo. I have to... Uh, I have to give uh, honor to whom honor is due. And thank you, woman of God, for your sharing tonight. Uh, thank you all. Even those who are listening for the very first time, God bless you and thank you for tuning in. And even those who are um, not new to Kingdom Empowerment Radio, I am your host, Chaplain Kevin Graves. I'm with you again every second and fourth Monday of each month. Um, again, feel free to email me any questions or prayer requests. Uh, pkwgraves at gmail.com. It has been a pleasure discussing this segment with you, understanding the favor of God. Until we meet again, God bless you, and may the presence of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ go with you all the days of your life. God bless you, and be well. Good night.